plates ready? This is Food School, Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Want to feel amazing? Love the way you look in the mirror and perform your absolute best in the gym, at work, and in bed? Well, in life, you're definitely in the right place. Food, it's you. It builds every single cell of you. And if there is one thing every human being must master, it's food. Because at the very least, eating, you do it every day, several times a day, every single day. You might as well get good at it. I'm your host, Angela Sharina from Create Yourself Dead Today, your personal nutritionist and plate watcher, your diet guide and explorer, your fat loss coach and food inspector, and just someone with a lot, a lot of passion and obsession and curiosity for healthy food, healthy diets, nutrition, optimized human performance, everything and absolutely anything you put in your grocery shopping cart, your fridge, on your plate, and in your mouth. It's my business. Food School, on a mission to help you eat better daily. It's the last time I talk about food. It's the last time I talk about food. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School, Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. So, how's your weekend? Uh, did you practice some of these steps, five uh, principles of healthy eating that we talked about last week? Hopefully you did. This week we will talk more about principles of healthy eating and of behavior change. But before that, I wanted to share with you today what I learned over the weekend by reading some articles, by listening to podcasts with uh, medical doctors, with uh, PhDs of nutrition, people like uh, Peter Atiyah, MD, Chris Masterjohn, PhD of nutrition. I also listened to two pretty smart people, Joe Rogan and Chris Kasser, uh, talking about this latest documentary, quote-unquote, the game changers that um, makes you think that plant-based diet is like the diet of the gods, and you're going to get healthy and strong and live forever and uh, God knows what else, just by not eating animal products. Uh, and, well, first... First thing first, uh, I listened to this conversation with uh, Peter uh, Itia, MD, with a couple of people. I think I listened to like three episodes, um, him talking to different um, other people, <laughs> nutritionist professionals, health professionals. And so Peter Itia, MD, specializes and uh, does a lot of research uh, personally and also just digs deeper into the research available from other um, researchers. So uh, he does a lot of research on fasting, autophagy, and longevity and different protocols uh, uh, we all can do to uh, possibly prolong our life. Uh, but to this day, uh, nobody can really measure um, what What's going to prolong your life? What's going to make you live longer? We assume um, that 
whatever we do that makes us healthier, that keeps us healthier, that delays uh, um, degenerative diseases and different chronic health conditions, that uh, whatever we do that improves that will help us to live longer and what's probably even more important to live healthier. Uh, and so different protocols, different actions we do that can help us to, uh, again, uh, delay the all the chronic and degenerative diseases and just keep us healthier every single day. Uh, any things that improve that will help us to live longer and healthier. Uh, across the board, for all of human beings, for all of these species, it seems that fasting is one of those things and probably the only thing that we know of right now that across the board seems to prolong lives of different species. Uh, we are not sure exactly how it works and why it, uh, in why it works, but it seems to work <laughs> from all the studies and all the research we do. And specifically, it does so by increasing what you might have heard about autophagy. Um, on this podcast, they talk about what autophagy is, or basically autophagy is recycling of different cell components inside of the cell. The cell goes into that recycling only when it's deprived of nutrients. We believe that uh, if there is no need, if there is no deprivation, then there is no um, not a lot of demand for recycling for a cell unless there is a lot of damage done. But then again, um, if there is a lot of damage done to an organism, uh, I don't know, by the means of radiation or poor lifestyle or something else, uh, then uh, it's no matter how much recycling the cell will do, uh, the total sum of the effect is going to be negative, so that's not going to prolong your life, right? But fasting seems to increase autophagy. But... Um, we all agree as a community that we don't really know how to measure fasting. Like there is no way you can go somewhere right now and you can measure how much autophagy you have. Like there is no such thing. And so when we talked about different methods of fasting or other interventions like exercise, for example, um, we don't really know how much anything uh, influences autophagy, we just guess from all the <clears throat> science that uh, we can observe. And so uh, when you hear somebody talking about, or oh, this type of fasting increases autophagy more than that type of fasting, well, that is not possible to say actually at the moment. And uh, so uh, while listening to all of these podcasts and reading some stuff, um, what my main takeaway, my main, I don't know, discovery for myself at least was that uh, when you approach fasting that is proven to be beneficial for many health conditions, for uh, especially related to metabolism, um, especially related to blood sugar and insulin regulation, also um, inflammation seems to be influenced in a positive way by fasting a lot. So when we talk about fasting and when you think about starting fasting practice, first and foremost, you've got to keep in mind your goal. Like for example, if your goal is gut health, then probably regular daily fasting, 14 hour uh, of fast like uh, Sachin Panda, another uh, PhD um, 
I forgot what his PhD in, but he's a researcher on of circadian biology, or basically how daylight cycle influences our health. So he recommends 14 hours of fast for every single human being for every single day. I mean, most of the days, unless it's like one uh, one uh, of a kind um, occasion, like Christmas once a year, right? So he recommends uh, um, 14 hours of fast daily. And then when you do more than that, uh, it seems to improve gut health for more people exponentially. Like when you do 16 hours of fasting instead of 14, or when you do 18 hours of fasting instead of 14 hours of fasting. But then, of course, you also have to um, be careful to consume all the nutrients that you need uh, in order for you to thrive, not to compromise your other aspect of health, yeah? But a gut health, you want to fast at least 14 hours of fasting, uh, 14 hours uh, a day. And as Sachin Panda recommends, the less of different substances you consume, uh, meaning liquid substances, because food does interrupt that cycle. So no food allowed in that 14-hour fasting. But um, they still thinking about, you know, herbal tea seems to be pretty good. Uh, black coffee seems to be good, but um, they're not sure exactly, like, does it interfere with the recovery protocols of your gut or not. Uh, but 14 hour of fasting with no food, um, uh, preferably only water, you know, maybe with some herbal teas and some black coffee with nothing added at all. Um, so that uh, is beneficial for gut health. When it comes to fat loss, um, guys, the more you fast, it doesn't mean the more you're going to lose fat. No, if you fast for, let's say, 20 hours a day, but then you eat like three, four, five thousand 5,000 calories every single day, you're not going to lose weight just because you fast. Like, that's not going to happen. So if your goal is fat loss, uh, mostly you got to be aware of the energy you consume. And if you have pretty good metabolism, pretty healthy metabolism, and you're not losing weight that you want to lose, then probably you're just eating too much. Or, you know, also like sleep effects, it a lot, stress effects, it a lot. But uh, after all of these factors uh, checked in, um, then it's really about the amount of food you eat. And again, it doesn't matter how many hours uh, you fast, if you eat too much after that, you're still not going to lose any weight. And then fasting for longevity purposes, you know, to promote our um, lifespan, that is a really great area. Like nobody really does whether um, fasting once a week for the whole day, fasting every day for more hours or uh, fasting three days a month or um, seven days um, in half a year or a quarter. So nobody really knows what works best. And so one of the things that Peter Aitia is really passionate about is figuring out those biomarkers or those signs that we can measure in our body that will tell us exactly what fasting protocol is better uh, for uh, longevity. So he's working on that, but um, it's pretty hard to measure in species that live, you know, like we do for um, 80, 90, 100 years and more. It's hard to measure those long-term biomarkers without having to wait for a person to live, you know, uh, um, till the end of their days. So that is still in development. But again, I want you... Uh, 
point out here, I want to focus your attention on the fact that nobody really knows what's the best fasting protocol for um, longevity. Uh, for fat loss, if your goal is fat loss, the more important thing is probably the amount of food you consume, not the amount of hours you fast. That being said, eating late at night will interrupt your sleep and health, and that will affect your fat loss. Uh, not having sufficient time between your dinner and between your breakfast will affect your gut health in a negative way, and that can also affect how your body stores fat, how much fat your body stores, and how... Um, uh, and how you distribute your fuel and um, uh, absorb nutrients in general. So 14 hours of fasting for gut health, not eating too late for circadian health that balances all the processes in your body according to daylight cycle. Um, so all of that is important, all of that that we know to this point. And so again, if somebody tells you that fasting for uh, 20 hours um, is better for fat loss than fasting for uh, 14 hours, um, the, there is no data really for that to say that, or that say that some type of fasting is better for longevity than other, and that one increases autophagy and that one does not. Uh, again, there is no data. We have no means of measuring autophagy, so saying that something is better for it than um, the other thing, uh, it's not possible at the moment. And so from fasting to game changers, uh, if you haven't watched that documentary that is on Netflix, by the way, then um, I would recommend you to watch it if you're someone who likes to learn more about nutrition, about eating, about food, about healthy lifestyle, and uh, you know, to Cut the long story short, this documentary is about um, an athlete, uh, a fighter, who um, had some injury, and then he learned about that plant-based diet, and that some people seem to do really well on it, athletes specifically, and so he decided to do this vegan experiment, and he miraculously um, got his performance uh, skyrocketing, he recovered really fast, and then he started to research all these other plant-based athletes, and how they did some superhuman um, things um, going plant-based and then um, how you're, um, you're going you're gonna to have better erection and sex drive going vegan um, and how heart disease is um, apparently caused by um, eating um, animal products, any sorts of animal products. Um, and all of the data that is presented in the movie, all of it, uh, except for how we treat animals. All of the other data is inaccurate, is based on poorly designed and outdated studies, and this movie is designed as a propaganda, meaning they skew the data in order for you to believe a certain thing. They do not present a balanced view, and um, a lot of times they would actually tell you inaccurate things, like saying uh, that the amount of protein in certain amount of beef is the same exactly protein as you would get in some lentils and peanut butter. Um, um, that is a, a complete bullshit, like you're not getting the same uh, quality and amount of protein, for example. There are a lot of things just beside, besides the, the amount of protein that is like the most simple thing, uh, but uh, uh, they just present 
a lot of data again that is not true not uh, or based on some poorly designed and outdated studies and that like one study was done by you know a few people and it showed that but all the other studies that were done after showed um, the opposite thing but they do not tell you about that in the movie um, so um, almost all of the data in the movie is really skewed to uh, show you the picture that they want you to believe uh, and a lot of people reached out to me and also told me, you know, or you see there is this documentary that a plant-based diet is better for you. So uh, what about ketogenic diet and eating all the animal products? Uh, should I go vegan? And, and I watched this documentary and I'm like, uh, if you're considering going vegan because of this documentary, then uh, you can delete this reason and eat uh, the way you eat right now. Uh, Plant-based diet, guys, vegetarian, vegan diet. Uh, I was uh, raw vegan for four years straight. Then I started having uh, hormonal problems, um, my mental issues, uh, my metab metabolism went all over the place. So a lot of things started to just break down um, because, well, I, I was not following any nutritionally balanced strategies, it was more like a religion for me, like for a lot of vegan and plant-based people. Um, and so I had a lot of problems because of that. But anyhow, I learned a lot about nutrition. You know, I got certifications and I did a lot of studying uh, and I practiced uh, a lot uh, with my clients and myself. And what I can tell you guys, even when you plan your vegan vegetarian diet with uh, whole foods, only even if you plan it really well it's uh, close to impossible to get all the nutrients your body needs from vegan and vegetarian diet and uh yeah you will stay uh, okay for uh quite a long time because our bodies are really resilient and we accumulate nutrients and to develop deficiency you gotta be deficient in a certain nutrient completely for quite a long time but uh when you are not really developing uh, some strong signs of deficiency, it doesn't mean that you don't suffer. Like, you might not experience uh, any negative uh, consequence that you can put your finger on for quite a while, and then uh, all of a sudden you get, I don't know, heart disease or um, uh, arthritis or... Um, dementia or something else you know happens or you just don't live that longer because you didn't get your uh, magnesium and because your cells couldn't repair your dna properly and you wouldn't even know that and no doctor wouldn't even be able to tell you that that um at this point of where i our science is uh and in general guys you know what i learned um a lot listening to those doctors and researchers and PhDs, people who um, who are honest and who will tell you when they don't know something, when they don't know it. And so what I learned is that uh, we still don't know how much exactly we, of, of certain nutrients we need for um, our 
proper functioning, development, and longevity, um, what deficiency looks like really when it's not um, a health problem yet, um, how much of nutrients is optimal, especially for active people, especially for athletes, um, how, how much uh, nutrients are uh, deadly, um, like even when we take things like sodium and potassium, uh, you know how they define like how much potassium you need, for example? They uh, analyzed healthy people who do not have heart disease and uh, they counted the amount of potassium that those people get. Uh, and then they said, well, that's probably a good amount to get for anyone who don't want to have heart disease. So, uh, is it optimal for everyone on any diet with any lifestyle? Nobody knows. How much sodium you need? We don't really know. Probably to balance um, your potassium levels. Uh, and it depends on your diet, on your lifestyle, on the climate where you live. So, uh, all of these uh, guidelines, they are very, um, they're very imprecise. And then, on, on top of that, uh, again, with uh, long living species like humans, it's really hard to say what's the long-term effect going to be. But we, what, we, what we do know is that restricting your nutrition for certain nutrients for a prolonged period of time is probably not going to play out that well. The most data confirms that the most beneficial diet is omnivore diet. When you get the variety of nutrients from different food sources, the richer the food source is in certain vitamins, minerals, and uh, other uh, compounds that our body needs, the better it is for us. And so before eliminating a food group that is rich in nutrients, uh, think twice. Because you just never know whether you, our body thrives on that nutrient or not. But what we do know for sure, that if you eat a lot of empty calorie foods, um, like a lot of processed foods, then that's going to replace nutrient-dense foods in your diet. And that will compromise your health. And you are playing a very dangerous game when it comes to health and your longevity and developing degenerative diseases over years when you uh, don't focus on nutrient-dense foods, but instead focus on how much crap you can get away without uh, putting on weight, because that is not a good short or long-term health strategy. And that's why I'm very passionate about you learning about the most nutrient-dense foods and adding as much of those foods as possible and eating as little of nutrient-poor or nutrient-empty foods as possible. Because at this moment, that is your only guarantee that you're going to maximize your chances of having the most health, the most vitality, the most energy, preventing the most diseases. Uh, now and later in life. Like a lot of things, again, you will not feel them right now. You might feel them in 10 years from now, but at that point, it will be hard for you to trace back what caused it in the first place. Um, so that's my rant for today, guys. What I learned over uh, this weekend and past few days, and uh, uh, that made me think about a lot of things, uh, nutrition-wise and fasting-wise and autophagy, and I'm changing the way I eat too. Like, I truly realize that uh, if there is no need 
of removing certain nutrient-dense foods from your diet, like if you don't have any allergies, if you don't have adverse effects of any sorts that anyone can register, then you shouldn't delete that food because uh, it doesn't sound good. Like, I don't understand why a lot of carnivore people delete certain uh, or any plant foods just because they are plants. Like, I don't understand the logic. I can understand vegan and vegetarians that they don't want to, you know, cause more killing of animals. Like, I can logically understand that, you know, I can respect that. But I do not understand when carnivory people ban all the plant foods, even things like coffee. I, I just fail to understand, like, what are you trying to do to, to say, are you saving plants? Are you... <laughs> I, I really fail to understand the logic there. Like, when people have certain conditions, like certain allergy to certain uh, plant foods, uh, but also people have allergies to eggs, for example, or to dairy, right? It's not like we have allergies only to plant foods. So I really fail to understand eliminating certain food group uh, if it's good for you and it has a lot of nutrients that your body seem to thrive on. So that's another of my rants. And uh, today is Monday and it's about building new habits also. And so guys, whenever you're trying to build a better eating habit, the most uh, the most working, proven strategy to do so is not to go 180, 360, you know, degrees turnaround and change everything because that's gonna sabotage you on so many levels and you will set yourself for failure in most cases. What is the best way to change your eating habits is incremental steps. So what does it mean? So for example, um, this week. Uh, instead of snacking every time and any time the food is in front of you, build some order around your meals. So have three meals, have, uh, you know, even if you start with 12-hour fast, let's say from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., that's going to be already an improvement um, than if you were to eat till 10 p.m. and start eating again at 6 a.m. And eating is consuming any sorts of, even uh, sugar in your coffee is considered to be eating, um, just to give you an idea. So even like this week, you might again start with three meals and 12 hour fasting. And the next week you might add add a couple of hours of fasting. Or maybe you might start, uh, you know, with three meals and one snack because you were snacking all the time. Or maybe you might start with eliminating sugar for this week, like added sugars. Or maybe you might start adding that I recommend adding more vegetables to each of your meals or drinking water before each of your meals. Take incremental steps, take really small steps. And once you master that, then move to the next step. And that's how you build a lifestyle uh, that you can maintain anywhere, anytime, and that will lead to results that you will keep for life. So instead of going on some crazy diet, take incremental steps that are proven to lead to more health, more energy, better looks, uh, more fitness, and uh, all of these amazing things that we associate with health, with vitality, with well-being. Uh, So incremental steps that your way into a better um, lifestyle that leads to better health, better fitness. And, and that's what most successful people do. When we change our lifestyle, like for example, my example, 
it didn't happen overnight for me to start eating that clean. And most of my meals are like from a nutrition facts, um, I don't know, dream nutrition facts table. I, it didn't happen overnight. I used to have binging problems. I used to eat a lot of processed foods, not so much as probably the most, um, I don't know, uh, adverse cases, but uh, I had poor eating habits. I didn't have good relationship with food. I didn't have uh, this uh, really well-balanced uh, eating schedule. Like I, I didn't have all, the, all of those things and the, and the change didn't happen overnight, overnight. I built it little by little, year after year, months after months, week after week. And now that I'm at the point where I really love where I am when, with my eating habits. And so guys, it doesn't happen overnight. You gotta build one habit on top of the other and small steps work better according to the studies of psychology, according to behavioral studies, according to all of the people who succeed at building new habits. So building step by step your habits one on top of the other, that will lead to permanent change, permanent health, vitality, fitness, looking and feeling amazing. So that's it for today, guys. Here's your Monday uh, rent uh, and also some practical value for you to practice this week. Figure out those small steps and start uh, doing them every single day. And if you fail to do them, then start even smaller. So uh, that's my advice, my coaching advice for you for today, guys. Um, start building new habits one small step at a time that you do every single day. Don't believe um, documentaries that do not have your best interest uh, in mind and based on very poor science. Um, that's another tip for this week. And uh, if you have any questions about fasting, about uh, how to start building better eating habits in your case, where would be a great way uh, for you to start in your situation. Maybe you have a diabetes or a thyroid problem, or um, maybe you want to lose fat and having troubles doing so. Maybe you have insatiable hunger and you can't stop eating. So um, if you have any problems, uh, schedule our call. The link you can find in the show notes and I will and I will help you. I will share with you my best coaching solution based on your specific situation. So reach out and as usual, Till next time, eat better daily.